0: Thank you, uh, David, for reading that. Appreciate that. Good morning, everybody. It's good to see everybody on this Sunday morning. Again, let's uh, prepare our hearts today as we uh, get together. Lord, thank you for this time that we could be in your word, Lord. Your word is trustworthy and true, Lord. Uh, it is the rock of ages, Lord, which will stand throughout all eternity and which has withstood the past and will withstand the present. And Lord, we thank you that you are with us through life's storms. And again, we just give this day over to you. In your name, amen. Uh, You know, there are constant changes that we face every day. Uh, You know, yesterday, we remembered the terrorist attacks on our nation. that changed the world. It really changed security. It changed air travel. Uh, Again, it just changed so many things. Uh, We thank the Lord we serve God that does not change. Again, everything there's always change happening around us. Uh, The uh, high-tech world, uh, our bodies, everything changes. But again, we're thankful that God's promises, they do not change and they will not change forever and ever. They'll remain the same. Uh, Again, today, we'll be spending our time together in the book of Psalms. The psalm today, though, is Psalm 136, to be exact. The last few months, uh, with our Bible study time in the morning, our 9.30 a.m. Sunday mornings, we have studied uh, each chapter of the book of Psalms, which we have enjoyed along with our prayer and praise time. But today, we'll be, again, into Psalm 136. Uh, In your pew Bible, it starts at page number 753, and it'll go to 754. Okay, so 753, 53, that is the start of Psalm 136. Now again, folks, whenever uh, the Bible is read, now whenever you hear words or phrases that are repeated in the Bible, that means it's being emphasized, it's important. So I'm going to read this psalm, and let's see if you guys can figure out what's the main theme of this psalm, Psalm 136. I'm going to read the whole selection. You folks can quietly uh, follow along. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good for his loving-kindness is everlasting. Give thanks to the God of Gods, for his loving-kindness is everlasting. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his loving-kindness is everlasting. To him who alone does great wonders, for his loving-kindness is everlasting. To him who made the heavens with skill, for his loving-kindness is everlasting. To him who spread out the earth above the waters, for his loving-kindness is everlasting. To him who made the great lights, for his loving kindness is everlasting. The sun to rule by day, for his loving kindness is everlasting. The moon and stars to rule by night, for his loving kindness is everlasting. To him who smote the Egyptians in their firstborn, for his loving kindness is everlasting. And brought Israel out from their midst, for his loving kindness is everlasting. With a strong hand and an outstretched arm, for his loving kindness is everlasting. To him who divided the Red Sea asunder, for his loving kindness is everlasting, and made Israel pass through the midst of it, for his loving kindness is everlasting. But he overthrew Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea, for his loving kindness is everlasting. To him who led his people through the wilderness, for his loving kindness is everlasting. For to him who smote great kings, for his loving kindness, Is everlasting, and slew mighty kings, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Sihon, king of the Amorites, for his loving kindness is everlasting, and Og, king of Bashan, for his loving kindness is everlasting, and gave their land as a heritage, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Even a heritage to Israel, his servant, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Who remembered us in our low estate, for his loving kindness is everlasting. And has rescued us from our adversaries, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Who gives food to all flesh, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Give thanks to the God of heaven, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Now again, folks, I think you can kind of guess kind of what the main theme <laughs> of the Psalm one hundred thirty six is. Uh, his loving kindness is everlasting, or in maybe some of your versions you might have his mercy endureth forever. Again, all 26 of these verses continually end with this beautiful phrase, His loving kindness is everlasting. Now again, as we dig into this chapter today, we're going to find different reasons to show why God's kindness or mercy is everlasting. There'll be different themes going on in this chapter 136 of Psalms. In verses 1 to 3, we're focus, it's going to focus on God's character. Remember, we we're saying God's character, it does not change. He remains the same. These three verses that we're going to look at, verses 1 to 3, and again, I'll read them to you briefly again. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Give thanks to the God of gods, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his loving kindness is everlasting. That is his character. It's Three times, again, for emphasis, three times it's mentioned about uh, giving thanks to the Lord. It's like a triple whammy, pardon the expression, but how three times we are told to give thanks to the Lord, and three times we are told His loving kindness is everlasting. And we are encouraged and commanded to give thanks to the Lord throughout Scripture, for He is good. He is the God of gods and Lord of lords. And notice uh, when we're told to give thanks, we're not told to give thanks only when things are going great, only when things are nice. Okay, give thanks. In this psalm, it says, regardless of anything, give thanks to the Lord. Okay? Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. He is the God of gods, and he is the Lord of lords. Uh, many verses uh, talk about this, giving thanks to God. I'm going to start in First Chronicles. And again, if you want to follow along, that's fine. If you have quickie fingers, if not, uh, again, you can just uh, quietly follow along and get these verses later. First Chronicles 16, 34 to 35. O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Then say, Save us, O God, of our salvation, and gather us and deliver us from the nations to give thanks to thy holy name and glory in thy praise. Psalm 92. We go to Psalm 92, verse 1. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, and to sing praises to thy name, O Most High. Psalm 100. We'll go to Psalm 100, verses 4 through 5. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting, and his faithfulness to all generations. We'll jump to 1 Corinthians. In the New Testament, First Corinthians, First Corinthians, chapter fifteen, verse fifty-seven. Just as one verse, I'll read for now. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, is that continual giving thanks? Ephesians, look at Ephesians five twenty. Ephesians five twenty, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God even the Father, okay, always giving thanks. Philippians 4, chapter 6. Philippians 4, chapter 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, okay, with thanksgiving, give thanks. Revelation, Revelation chapter 7, verses 11 through 12. And all the angels were standing around the throne, and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Again, he alone, he is the God of gods. And then finally, Revelation 19, verses 11 to 16. Again, the Apostle John's having this amazing future vision of heaven. And the amazing, exalted Lord Jesus Christ making his return back to earth. And this is what it says about our Lord Lord Jesus Christ. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat upon it is called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and wages war. And his eyes are a flame of fire. And upon his head are many diadems, many crowns. And he has a name written upon him which no one knows except himself. And he is clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which are in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, were following him on white horses. And from his mouth comes a sharp sword, so that with it he may smite the nations. And he will rule them with a rod of iron, and he treads the winepress of the fierce wrath of God the Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So truly, in these first couple verses of Psalm 136, we see He is good. He is the God of gods, and He is Lord of lords. Now, again, we start to transition. We now start to shift our view of God, not only as being His character, but Him being the creator. Let's look at verses 4 through 9 of Psalm 136, verses 4 through 9. To Him alone does great wonders, for His loving kindness is everlasting. To him who made the heavens with skill for his loving kindness is everlasting. To him who spread out the earth above the waters for his loving kindness is everlasting. To him who made the great lights for his loving kindness is everlasting. And then it says, wh- what are these great lights? The sun to rule by day for his loving kindness is everlasting. The moon and stars to rule by night for his loving kindness is everlasting. And we'll stop there. So again, this is this uh, theme of him being the creator. The creator. Uh, verse four to him alone who does great wonders again, job, we look at job, and uh, job uh, says uh, about this job i'll start in chapter nine verse ten job nine verse ten says this, who does great things unfathomable and wondrous works without number and then job thirty eight verses one and four. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. So here is that that point that God has laid the foundations of the earth. He is the Almighty, the great creator, who does great wonders. God's mercy, his loyal love, is demonstrated to us through his creation. we look at the Genesis creation account, I will not read the whole account but I will read just like a day or a couple days of this account of the creation. Genesis chapter 1. And Genesis means the beginning, right? So Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 19. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and void and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning one day. Then God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters, which were below the expanse from the waters, which were above the expanse, and it was so. And God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening and there was morning, a second day. Then God said, Let the waters below the heavens be gathered into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering of the waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit after their kind, the seed in them on the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed after their kind, and trees bearing fruit with seed in them after their kind. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning a third day. Then God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens (coughs) to separate the day from the night. and Let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. And God made the two greater lights, the greater light to govern the day, which would be the sun, and the lesser light to govern the night, which would be the moon. He made the stars also, and God placed them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth and to govern the day and the night and separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening and there was morning, a fourth day. I'll stop there. So again, through his creation, we can see, how God's love and kindness is shown towards us, his mercy. Again, shouldn't we all be in awe of God, not only for his creation of, uh, you think of the oceans and and uh, the land and uh, the different trees, but also of you think of humankind, our bodies, how that is just a miracle in itself, the way God has designed our bodies. The animal kingdom, insects, reptiles, marine life, birds, <coughs> microscopic organisms. And again, that should... I mean, blow your mind, really, how God is this ultimate creator. And again, we see that in verses 4 through 9. And now we start to shift again. We look at verses 10 through 15 of Psalm 136. (coughs) Excuse me. Mm. And we see, verses 10 through 15, we again see God's loving kindness shown to God's chosen people, Israel. So let's look at verses 10 to 15 of Psalm 136. To him who smote the Egyptians in their firstborn, for his loving kindness is everlasting, and brought Israel out from their midst, for his loving kindness is everlasting, with a strong hand and an outstretched arm, for his loving kindness is everlasting. To him who divided the Red Sea asunder, for his loving kindness is everlasting, and made Israel pass through the midst of it, for his loving kindness is everlasting. But he overthrew Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea for his loving kindness is everlasting. And we'll stop there. So again, in these verses, we see how God has delivered his people from their slavery in Egypt under Pharaoh. Uh, In verses 10 through 11, it talks about, uh, we'll see in Exodus, how God uses his servant Moses to bring about numerous plagues to Egypt. The last one uh, plague we're going to see Is in Exodus 12, because it's talking about, again, in verse 10 of 136, we see, to him who smote the Egyptians in the firstborn. Okay, what does that mean? Let's look at Exodus. Genesis, you have Genesis, and you have Exodus. Exodus chapter 12, verses uh, 29 to 31. So Exodus chapter 12, verses 29 to 31, says this. Now it came about at midnight that the Lord struck all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, From the firstborn of Pharaoh, who sat on his throne, to the firstborn of the captive, who was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of cattle. And Pharaoh arose in the night, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was no home where there was not someone dead. Then he called for Moses and Aaron at night and said, rise up, get out from among my people both you and the sons of Israel, and go, worship the Lord as you have said. So again, here's that plague that's talked about. The firstborn were smote. They were killed. In verse 12, we, we see about God's power. We talk, it's talking about God's strong hand and his arm reaching out, his outstretched arm reaching out to his nation Israel. Uh, Exodus 13:9 says about this. Exodus 13, verse 9. And it shall serve as a sign to you on your hand and as a reminder on your forehead that the law of the Lord may be in your mouth. For with a powerful hand the Lord brought you out of Egypt. In Exodus 6.6, it talks about this outstretching of his arm. Exodus 6, verse 6. Say therefore to the sons of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from among, um, under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from their bondage. I will also redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. So it's that reaching out of God to reach for his people, to rescue his people. Now, verses 13 to 15 of Psalm 136, it, it's very interesting. It describes the dividing of the Red Sea. Uh, again, it talks about the dividing of the Red Sea uh, in verse 13, to him who divided the Red Sea asunder. Uh, again, very interesting, that word. Uh, before we get to that, though, let's look at that account. Exodus uh, 14, verses 21 through 22 talks about this dividing of the Red Sea. Exodus 14, 21 through 22. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord swept the sea back by a strong east wind all night and turned the sea into dry land. So the waters were divided. And the sons of Israel went through the midst of the sea on the dry land, and the waters were like a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. I will stop there. So here's that account of this Red Sea being divided. Again, interesting, uh, one commentator states that the word for dividing the Red Sea means to cut in half. So we could say that God actually cut in half the Red Sea so his people could pass through it. Getting a little off-road here, interesting facts about the Red Sea. Uh, I was just kind of curious about, well, why is it called the Red Sea, first of all? Now, though the water is clear, it's called the Red Sea because its coral reefs underwater are reflected as a beautiful red color. So hence the word Red Sea. Uh, Our daughter Alicia, I was talking to her recently. I was saying, now, what was it like? about? Because she was out in the Red Sea. Uh, She was deployed with the Marines. So, uh, While she was out there, she actually swam in the Red Sea, very briefly. Uh, She said the water was clear and it was cold, and the water had lionfish and sea snakes in it. So that's why I'm guessing she swam in it very briefly. (laughs) Uh, The Red Sea also had to be really deep for her warship to go through. It was almost like an aircraft carrier, what she was in. Now, the Red Sea's average depth is 1,610 feet. So again, you have this tremendous depth of water again, what a miracle that God cut that red sea in half for his people to pass through. And now we come to verse 15 of Psalm 136. We see that God has overthrows Pharaoh and his army. Again, this is also accounted in Exodus 14, verses 23 to 28. So Exodus 14, verses 23 to 28. Then the Egyptians took up the pursuit, and all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen went in after them Into the midst of the sea. And it came about at the morning watch that the Lord looked down on the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud and brought the army of the Egyptians into confusion. And he caused their chariot wheels to swerve and he made them drive with difficulty. So the Egyptians said, Let us flee from Israel, for the Lord is fighting for them against the Egyptians. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may come back over the Egyptians over their chariots and their horsemen. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its normal state at daybreak, while the Egyptians were fleeing right into it. Then the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea, and the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen. Even Pharaoh's entire army that had gone into the sea after them, not even one of them remained. So here's this total defeat that God has delivered Israel uh, from Egypt. So God's loving kindness, again, is shown in his protecting his people. Now, again, there's a shift. In Psalm 136, we come to verses 16. And really, from uh, verses 16 to 22, there's a a, a different focus, a different theme of God's everlasting mercy being shown. And again, to, to Israel, but it's from their wandering now in the wilderness to the promised land. So this is what this theme is now covering now in verses 16 to 22, again, which I'll read. To him who led his people through the wilderness, for his loving kindness is everlasting. To him who smote great kings, for his loving kindness is everlasting. And slew mighty kings, for his loving kindness is everlasting. And then we've got to find out, now who are these great kings? Who are these famous kings that that he has killed? And then it mentions them in verse 19 and 20. Sihon, king of the Amorites, for his loving kindness is everlasting. And Og, king of Bashan, for his loving kindness is everlasting. And gave their land as a heritage, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Now again, who is this land given to? We find out in verse 22. Even a heritage to Israel, his servant, for his loving kindness is everlasting. And we'll stop there. So again, as Israel's being brought through the wilderness... How many times, again, do we see Israel grumble and complain, uh, yet God would show his enduring love and mercy towards them through these different trials as they're wand- going through this wandering in the wilderness to- towards the promised land? Again, we jump back to Exodus 15. Exodus 15 uh, is an interesting account of how these people were grumbled, and especially right after they had gotten led out of the Red Sea. Exodus 15, uh, verses 22 to 27. So Exodus 15 verses 22 to 27. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Marah they could not drink the waters of Marah for they were bitter. Therefore it was named Marah. So the people grumbled at Moses, saying, What shall we drink? You know, isn't it amazing that here they just came out of that Red Sea, this miracle, they've crossed the Red Sea. But again, here they are. What are we going to do? We're thirsty. (laughs) We're grumbling. We're complaining. Uh, Verse 25 of Exodus. Then he cried out to the Lord, this is Moses, and the Lord showed him a tree, and he threw it into the waters. And the waters became sweet. There he made for them a statute and regulation, and there he tested them. And he said, If you will give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep all His statutes, I will put none of the disease diseases on you which I have put on the Egyptians. For I, the Lord, am your healer. Then they came to Elam, where there were 12 springs of water and 70 date palms, and they camped there beside the waters. So again, we just see how the nation of Israel was so quick to grumble and complain. But again, before we point that finger to them, maybe we should point it to us. How quick are we to complain? (laughs) I was sharing this in Sunday school, how I think it's so easy for me, like, you know, you'll be praising the Lord one minute, driving on the road, and then someone cuts you off, and right away you're ready to kill that guy. (laughs) Right right away. I mean, it's just, we're so prone to wander. But here Israel is going through this, where they've gotten to this miracle of the Red Sea, but again, they grumble and complain. There's no water. There's no water to drink. Another instance, Exodus 16, verses 2 to 4. There's a different problem. And the whole congregation of the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the sons of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt when we sat by the pots of meat, which we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. And the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them whether or not they will walk in my instruction. this that manna. God provides that manna for them that, that to, to satisfy their hunger. And now we go, to, very interesting, we go to verse 17 and 18. It talks about these kings that the Lord has, has uh, destroyed. And again, God destroys these so-called great kings, these mighty kings, quote, unquote. But again, these kings were opposed to God and his people. Now again, we look at verses uh, 19 and 20, and we read, Sihon, king of the Amorites, again, for his loving kindness is everlasting, and Ah, king of Bashan, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Now the first question might come to mind, who are they? (laughs) Who are these kings? Well, again, we find (coughs) in Numbers, In Numbers chapter 21, it tells us about these kings. So Numbers 21, uh, verses, we'll start with 21 to 24 of Numbers 21. Then Israel sent messengers to Sihon, king of the Amorites, saying, Let me pass through your land. We will not turn off into field or vineyard. We will not drink water from wells. We will go by the king's highway until we have passed through your border. But... Sion would not permit Israel to pass through his border. So Sion gathered all his people and went out against Israel in the wilderness and came to Jahaz and fought against Israel. Then Israel struck him with the edge of the sword and took possession of his land from the Ammon to the Jabbok as far as the sons of Ammon. For the border of the sons of Ammon was Jezer. So here Sion won't let him pass. Sion winds up going against Israel and again, Lord gives Israel the victory over Sion, and they take his territory. And again, Og uh, of Bashan. Again, who's he? Well, again, in a couple verses down of Numbers 21, we find out who he is. Uh, Numbers uh, 21, verses 33 to 35. Then they turned and went up by the way of Bashan, and Og, the king of Bashan, went out with all his people for battle at Endre. But the Lord said to Moses, Do not fear him for I have given him into your hand and to all his people and his land, and you shall do to him as you did to Sihon, king of the Amorites, who lived at Heshbon. So they, again, the Israelites, killed him and his sons and all his people until there was no remnant left him, and they possessed his land. So again, God, through his loving kindness, has given these territories of these you know, great kings, quote-unquote, Again, he's given these territories to Israel, his servant. Really, ultimately, God has won this battle for his people, Israel. They have received this heritage from God. And now, really, we come to our final phase of the Psalm 136, verses 23 all the way to 26. Uh, and again, this phase really applies to all believers, past, present, and future uh, we look at Psalm uh, 136, verse 23. Who remembered us in our lowest state. And I always love that word, he remembered us. Uh, he knows us. He kno- There'll never be a time when he comes to you and says, uh, what's your name again? I'm sorry, well, who are you? He knows you. He made you. He knows you intimately, better than you know yourself. So he remembers us. Psalm 103, uh, verse 14. Psalm 103, verse 14. 14 talks about this remembering. For he himself knows our frame; he is mindful that we are but dust. So again, it's that remembering? And he remembers us in our lowly estate, despite our sinful condition. I think of Romans, Romans chapter five, uh, verse eight. So Romans chapter five, verse eight. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet dirty, filthy, unattractive, Jesus loved us and he died on the cross for us. Now we come to verse 24 of Psalm 136. Verse 24 of Psalm 136. And has rescued us from our adversaries, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Again, doesn't this verse, which a lot of verses in Psalm do, they point to Jesus, the Messiah, the future Messiah. He is the Lord, our Savior. He is our rescuer. Psalm 107, verse 2 uh, talks about rescuing. Psalm 107, verse 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He has redeemed from the hand of the adversary. John three sixteen. Again, John three sixteen. A lot of you, I'm sure, have memorized it. I kind of always like to look in the scriptures, then so make sure I don't miss a word. But John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. There's that rescuing from the perishment, from perishing. In going to hell. Romans 8, 1 through 2. Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. Again, talks about this rescuing. Romans 8 1 and 2, verses 1 and 2. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. And then finally, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Uh, verses 15 to 55, uh, verses chapter 15, verses 15 to 58 of 1 Corinthians. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. What we do here on earth, folks, is not in vain if it's in the Lord. It's for eternity. And now we come to verse 25 of one, chapter 136 of Psalms, verse 25. Who gives food to all flesh, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Again, this describes God's providence, or a lot of people like to say providence. Of God, food not only to mankind, but to all flesh, animals, birds, reptiles, insects, to all of nature. He is our provider, for His loving kindness again is everlasting. Psalm 145 uh, says this about His providence Psalm 145, verses 15 to 16. The eyes of all look to Thee, and Thou dost give them their food in due time. Thou dost open Thy hand, and dost satisfy the desire of every Living thing. And now we come to our last verse of Psalm 136. And that's verse 26. <clears throat> so verse 26 of Psalm 136. Give thanks to the God of heaven, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Now again, this psalm, just as it started in verses 1, 2, and 3, giving thanks to God, ends this psalm and it just so appropriately. Again, for a double emphasis of giving thanks to God of heaven, for he alone is worthy of worship. Psalm 150, verses 1 through 6. Psalm 150, verses 1 through 6. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty expanse. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with harp and lyre. Praise Him with trimble and dancing. Praise Him with stringed instruments and pipe. Praise Him with loud cymbals. Praise Him with resounding cymbals. Pray, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Again, for His loving kindness, His mercy is everlasting. It will not wane or ebb away. It will not weaken. It will not quit. His loving kindness will not stop throughout all of time. The storms of life will not stop it. In our Sunday school morning time, uh, this is about a week ago or so, we had studied Psalm 51. In Psalm 51, uh, David had, uh, blew it big time, this guy. You know, David, he had followed God, but he had committed adultery with Bathsheba. And he had her husband even killed as well, Uriah. But David, you see in this psalm, with great sorrow for his sin, pleads for God's mercy. And because, again, God's loving kindness, his mercy, God forgives and restores David back to service. And you know what? God can do the same for you today. Maybe today you've blown it. We all have. But no matter what you've done, Christ can forgive you and you can restore you because his loving kindness is so great. Again, those of you today who know Christ, uh, be encouraged. For he will not let us out of his hand. Uh, Philippians 3.14, again, uh, a favorite verse uh, of mine, Philippians 3.14, uh, our, our softball team used to memorize this, great verse, Philippians 3.14, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God, in Christ Jesus. So keep pressing on, keep pressing on, saints. For his loving kindness is everlasting. Again, there may be some today that don't know what it's like to have a personal relationship with God. You can today. Confess your sins to him. Surrender your life to him. And you too can experience his loving kindness, which is everlasting. Uh, uh, last verse, John eleven twenty five. 25. Uh, again, this is Jesus talking. Uh, and this is right before, uh, again, with Gi- Lazarus is being raised from the dead. Uh, but John 11, uh, verse 25. John eleven twenty five. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me shall live even if he dies. Jesus alone is our true hope, our resurrection, the life. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you, Lord. We thank you that your loving kindness is everlasting. As believers, Lord, we can be greatly encouraged though no matter what is happening around us, Lord, that you're always in control, and thank you that your loving kindness towards us is unending and it will continue to be unending for all time. And Lord, for those maybe who don't know you, Lord, we again pray that, just like David, Lord, where his sins were many, but yet you were gracious, Lord, when David came to you with a repentant heart, Lord. I pray that some here that don't know you, that they would come with repentant hearts to you, Lord, and that you, out of your loving kindness, will graciously forgive and restore, Lord. And again, the words aren't magical. We just pray that if someone doesn't know you again, that they'll come to you saying, Lord, I've sinned, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm asking you to come into my heart and forgive me, and I want to live for you. Again, may that be on people's prayers today. for Your name to be glorified. We thank you again for your loving kindness, which is everlasting. Amen.